Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. You can join us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Our merch store is on the finside.threadless.com. The Dolphins square off this Sunday at noon central, 1 Eastern at Hard Rock Stadium against the 2-3 and three Detroit Lions. They're coming off a bye week, and they, a couple weeks ago, defeated the Green Bay Packers to move to that 2-3 and three record. Obviously a very big offense for Detroit, but not necessarily – Paul, a very good defense. I mean, when you look at the Lions' defensive rankings, they are 17th in total defense, 7th against the pass, but 30th against the rush. They're, they're running, they are allowing to opposing running backs an average, and this is not a misprint, of 5.98 yards a carry on 119 attempts, and they are holding opposing quarterbacks to a combined rating of 105.5. So it's an opportunity here for the Dolphins with Brock Osweiler to have back-to-back very good weeks on offense. It really is, because when you look at the way that Miami structured their passing attack with Osweiler last week, and we'll forget about those very forgettable deep ball attempts that were just absolutely abysmal. I think I'd rather have Vincent Taylor throwing deep balls than Brock Osweiler at this point. But really, Miami's passing game with Osweiler in there is more an extension of their running game than it is a true passing attack, which fits beautifully into the weaknesses in Detroit's defense. So, I mean, Miami could have a very, very, very big day offensively, patting the hell out of Brock Osweiler's stats here while we wait for Tannehill to get healthy. The Dolphins had a lot of success last week with Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore running the ball against a very good Chicago defense at home in Miami in that heat could have similar success this week, maybe even better because the Lions have already, already led up three 100 yard rushers this season. So the Dolphins, it's really important that they establish that ground game. And to do that, they're going to need that offensive line too, to play well. Paul last week, Laramie Tunzel and Juwan James shut down Khalil Mack, which was one of the biggest keys to, to that game in that Miami heat. They're going to have to run downhill a lot more, and they're going to have to get that running game going to keep Brock Osweiler comfortable there in the pocket. They are, but at the same time, you look at Detroit's pass rush, and it's it's kind of anemic overall. I mean, I'm not super worried about Detroit's pass rush in this one. 
they've got one speed rusher, and that's Wright and Laramie Tunsil and Juwan James's wheelhouse. So really, it's it, it, you combine that with Miami's short pump and dump passing game, with especially with Osweiler under center. I mean, we could very well see Frank Gore get 100 yards rushing and Kenyon Drake end up with 100 yards receiving this game. That's how little I think of of the Detroit defense in this one. Those are pretty strong words, but hey, I mean, the Lions have deserved it based on how they played on on defense this year. One player that hasn't been disappointing is rookie fourth-round pick Deshaun Hand. He is actually the top-rated pro football-focused rookie defensive lineman. So he moves between D-end to D-tackle and somebody to keep an eye on here, especially as the Dolphins have still a softer interior line. It's played better with Ted Larson and Travis Swanson and Jesse Davis over recent weeks, but keep an eye out for Deshaun Hand. Another player to keep an eye out for, cornerback Tease Tabor. Pro Football Focus ranks him in the 30s, low 30s as far as their grade. Has not played well, had, had that 4-7-40 time coming out of Florida, and he's going to be facing some very speedy receivers. This is the week, I think, too, Kenny Stills needs to break out. The last three games have been pretty quiet for him. They have, but, I mean, you look at last week, he, while well, he had a quiet week, he had two receptions that were very important in that game. He had the deflected pass reception uh, that, that really was a drive saver for Miami, and then he had that critical two-point conversion. So this is a game, too, especially given Tease Tabor's ridiculously lineman-like 40 times, that if Miami keeps running those pump and dumps throughout the first half, it's going to open it up a little bit for Kenny Stills over the top in the second half. So if Brock Osweiler throws an anemic deep ball, Kenny Stills is going to have a little bit of a lead on Tease Tabor. And on top of that, Tease is going to be coming up because of all of the quick pump and dumps to guys like Wilson, guys like Jakeem Grant who I do expect to get even more involved this week. There's no way that Adam Gase can ignore the fact of what they've done when they've been out there on the field. Yeah, and I think they should follow the same strategy they had last week because, like you said, Brock Osweiler does not throw a great deep ball. But what he does have are receivers underneath that can catch a pass, break a tackle, and take it, just like we saw last year with Albert Wilson. The Lions don't have a lot of speed in their secondary. Dolphins need to take advantage of that. Paul, moving along to the defensive side of the ball, Dolphins are expected to get Cameron Wake and Bobby McCain back this week. Two huge additions. I'm so happy I don't have to see Torrey McTire out there in the field for 40 or 50 snaps as their boundary starting cornerback. Looking at the Dolphins' uh, defensive rankings, not they're not all that good. I mean, 21st overall, or excuse me, 25th overall, and 24th against the pass. But they are causing a lot of turnovers as well, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. Matt Stafford's going to throw for a lot of yards. It's just going to happen. He's going to do that against every team that he faces. It's up to the Dolphins to continue to force those turnovers. It is, and and one thing I want to say about those defensive rankings is those rankings are worse than what the Dolphins have shown on the field. I mean, the defense has been on the field an inordinate amount thus far this season. So teams are going to have higher yardage totals against that defense. Given, given the games, even that they won, where there were a lot of three and outs, some critical turnovers and, and things like that, the defense has been on the field a, a great deal. Uh, and so – 
that pads the numbers a little bit that, that unfortunately dwindle them down. And there are other teams in the same boat. I totally get that. But given the struggles that the offense has had at times, that's where we see some of that padding come in. I'm excited to get Cameron Wake back. God, am I excited to see Bobby McCain back out there. You know I've been a fan of his for uh, much longer than many people wanted him on the team. But it's it's good to see that. And Torrey slides a little bit more into his natural role as a backup that comes in for a couple of snaps here and there based on maybe being in the dime defense. So I'm very excited to see this defense a little bit more whole this week. Well said. And they do get – by getting Cameron Wake back, they can supply that pass rush. And they're going to need it because the, the Lions offensive line, very good. They've got Rick Wagner at right tackle. They've got former first-round pick Taylor Decker at left tackle. The biggest problem they've had recently is right guard Kenny Wiggins. But they're going to get T.J. Lang back to play that right guard spot. So pretty good front wall there. They're going to give Matt Stafford, you would think, some time. But the Dolphins need to find a pass rush there from somewhere. Also, in terms of the run defense, Dolphins have been a little bit more leaky in the last couple of weeks. Sony Michelle, first-round pick of the Patriots, had his breakout game against the Dolphins. Now, Lions second-round pick on Johnson, averaging almost six yards a carry this year, seems on the verge of breaking out a little bit more. Paul, what other defensive matchups do you think the Dolphins need to take advantage of here? take advantage of I'm hoping we see Jerome Baker blitz a little bit more I think that's something that could heavily contribute to the pass rush I want to see Vincent Taylor to continue to step up a little bit and if Vincent Taylor is able to push the pocket like we've seen him start to do here that is what could really set the table for guys like Quinn and Wake because of their speed rush around the outside they go a little bit deeper than most so if Stafford's got a comfortable pocket to step up into yeah that's going to be a little bit of an issue for the pass rush in this game. But if Vincent Taylor is able to keep Stafford from being able to step forward, I expect Cam Wake and Robert Quinn to have monster games in this one. We talk about Vincent Taylor more and more every week. I don't think there's much of a doubt anymore that he's the Dolphins' best overall defensive tackle. Jumps off the page week after week. What a steal he's proven to be. Going back to your comment about Jerome Baker, wouldn't surprise me if he blitzes a little bit more this week. A couple weeks ago against Cincinnati, he did have two sacks. And there's not a lot of tight end to cover in Detroit. Eric Ebron is no longer there. They've got a platoon between former Seahawk Luke Wilson and former Falcon Levine Toyololo. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. It's like saying Gasecki. But, uh, (laughs) um, yeah, I, I think you could see more of that. The biggest matchup in this game to me is what we talked about with our Lions guest in a previous segment, Brian Sype, is the Lions' big three receivers. You've got Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, and second-year player Kenny Galladay, who's really emerging as a star for them, against the Dolphins' three cornerbacks, Xavier Howard, Bobby McCain, and Minka Fitzpatrick. It'll be interesting to see who lines up where on that. I think Minka is going to be in the slot against Galladay. It could be Xavier Howard. But that, to me, Paul, is the matchup the Dolphins have to win. It is. And one thing I like is the idea of having Minka on Golden Tate. I know we talked a little bit with Brian Sipe about the fact that, you know, Albert Wilson and Golden Tate are two of the best yards after catch wide receivers in the NFL. 
And Minka has proven thus far this season to be a very, very sure tackler. And you need to have that against the yards after catch guy. So if Minka is on Golden Tate, I'm okay with that, that matchup all day. I mean, it, it's a no-brainer for me. And what a game to get Bobby McCain back in because I think that helps with shutting down the three wide receivers. You may not shut them down completely, but you're able to limit them. And the other aspect as well for Miami secondary is Matt Stafford's one of those guys that if he throws an early interception, they tend to fall a little more easily after that if you can get him pressing. So if if Miami can get a turnover early, jump out to a little bit of a lead, you're going to see Matt Stafford start throwing into some goofy places, and Miami's defense is set up to to take advantage of that all day. That could be huge for Miami. Yeah, and if they force those early turnovers, sometimes what I've seen from Stafford, too, is he throws the ball high and wide a lot. And that could happen, too. Overall, he's a great quarterback, but he's not infallible if you can get him rattled a little bit early. Paul, what's your prediction for this game? I think that this is one that Miami can run away with. I mean, the Lions have been up and down this year. I just think you look at everywhere on paper, especially with Bobby and and Cam back. Miami matches up well with everything that Detroit has and then some. So I, I just I think they'll keep a little bit with that game plan on offense from last week and be able to put some points on the board, given some exciting plays from from uh, Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant. And really, I think Miami runs away with this one, 34 to 20. I'm going to go with the exact same score as last week. The Dolphins go back to back games. They win this 31-28 to 28 in overtime again for the second straight week. I see a shootout unexpectedly between Brock Osweiler and Matt Stafford. With, with Osweiler, because the Lions secondary has just been pretty bad this year. I mean, two interceptions from the Lions secondary in the Lions defense all year. The Dolphins, in contrast, have 11. So I see this being a, a shootout, a frustrating game at certain points. But I see the Dolphins winning this 31-28 in overtime on another Jason Sanders field goal. Yeah, before we wrap here, Kat, I, one thing I want to talk about is something I know you and I have talked about off the air. But I would love to see Miami in this one because I like the emergence of Nick O'Leary uh, and because Nick O'Leary can actually block people. Given the fact that we saw another anemic effort from Devontae Parker with him actually being on the field for a few seconds last week, I would love to see Miami just experiment a tiny, tiny, tiny bit this week. Take Mike Kosicki, throw him out wide on those patterns you would with Devontae Parker. Just let him worry about being a receiver for now while you work on his blocking skills. And it, it would just be so nice to have a jump ball receiver on the outside that actually fights for a jump ball. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I know we've talked about it before. I'm even more over Devontae Parker after he bumped his knee and tweaked his hair and whatever. The only thing worse than Devontae not being on the field is Devontae being on the field at this point. Uh, he's such a gifted athlete. I wish we could put Jakeem Grant or Albert Wilson in Devontae Parker's body and be the best receiver in the NFL. But unfortunately, we can't. So I would love to see them experiment with Gesicki out there, see what he can do. Just give him a couple simple route trees and call it a day. See see what happens. I don't see a big value in trading Devontae Parker. It's very simply because 
I, I don't care to get a sixth or seventh round pick. I mean, the Dolphins did that almost a decade ago with Ted Ginn Jr. And they ended up getting now. Who do we spend that fifth round pick on? I'm, I'm actually, actually, you know what? I think it might have been Rashad Jones. So maybe, maybe that, <laughs> that turned out that. terribly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, Parker. Too, are you, I'll, I'll go back to the Raiders game. I mean, the Dolphins are down 17-7. to 7. Parker gets over the top. Put it, Daniel puts it on the money. I don't know if there's a receiver speed and height-wise that can make that play. So I'm willing to see what Parker has still the rest of the year to see if the light clicks on. I don't think it will, but I'd rather take that risk than just give him away for nothing. And to But to piggyback on your point, Paul, I wouldn't mind seeing some packages with Gusecki and Parker out there, especially as you get closer to the red zone. Then you can use Amendola and Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson a little bit more on the inside there. So we'll see how that turns out. So I'm going to go with 31-28 in overtime, and Paul is going with 34-20. We both have the Dolphins pulling this one out. And if they do – Dolphins are five and two at that point. You know, you look at the four games after that, at least three of those four are very winnable. The season, regardless of who's at quarterback, could start to get really fun. But they've got to pull this one out first. That will do it for our breakdown of the Detroit Lions Miami Dolphins matchup. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store too on the Finside.threadless. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fin Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.